Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. When the 14th Dalai Lama, spiritual leader and head of Tibet, was leaving at a conference at a hotel in Tucson, the entire staff, hundreds of people, lined up to say goodbye. Buddhist teacher and author Sharon Salzberg is telling this story. The lobby was filled with chambermaids and chefs and gardeners and security personnel, people of many different races, ethnic backgrounds, ages, and religious affiliations. It's possible that none of them would identify as Buddhist or relate to His Holiness as their teacher or leader, but as the Dalai Lama walked down the line, greeting each person, smiling, looking into their eyes, thanking them for their service, people looked at him completely enraptured. Many people wept. There was absolutely no sense that his attention was wandering, much less that he would rather have been somewhere else. Without exception, he was fully attentive to each person as he met them. The effect of this wholehearted presence was astonishing. Sharon Salzberg continues, being in proximity to the Dalai Lama is an experience of feeling greatly blessed. Without a single word, he reminds us of that which we are capable. Mirrored by his presence, we renew our belief in ourselves the depth and richness of our inner strength. His great desire to be truthful, to wake up, not to waste his life, brings forth a quality of urgency within us. His ability to love moves us to be vehicles of love. His very being says freedom is possible. Love is possible. Deep compassion is possible. Being with a completely present person is an experience of consecration. It honors our highest potential to enter wholeheartedly into the moment, to love without exception, and to be free. We can all mirror for others their lovability and their capacity for freedom. To practice being present, the spiritual practice of being present is one of the greatest love stories we can write with our lives. 
To be present calls us to bring calm to chaos. Stay attuned to the possibility of the next best thing to do, even when no clear direction is apparent. To listen more than we speak, suspend judgment, bear witness, and hold vigil with suffering when there's nothing more to be done. And to abide with mystery. American Trappist monk, mystic, and social activist Thomas Merton spoke of learning to see the secret beauty of others' hearts. This is not merely a nice thing to do. Dozens of experiments on the healing power of presence were conducted by, get ready for it, the United States Army. At Walter Reed Army Institute of Research, scientists found that meditation increases the amount of infrared radiation radiating from our hands. While you're meditating, putting your hands around test tubes containing immune cells stimulates the immune cells to produce a molecule called adenosine triphosphate, ATP. ATP produces energy in cells. So after that infrared radiation exposure, those cells were more resilient, surviving stresses such as heat and chemical shocks. And that study concludes the kind of meditation that elicits this immune response, quote, from the army, quote, looks like love. <laughs> In fact, the army scientists were compelled to admit that feelings of love, appreciation, affection, and gratitude, I'm still quoting, produced the greatest effect. How do we learn to be present to others? One Western Lama returned home to the United States after a three-year retreat in Tibet and felt utterly dysregulated by all the complexities of life here. He longed to practice his devotion to waking up and to keeping his heart open. So he took a cleaning job. I was afraid I would forget what I learned, he says, so I relied on physical work to steady myself. I specialized in washing, mopping, laundry. Nobody around me wanted to clean anyway. Everybody was happy to have someone else doing it. With each dish that I washed, each floor that I cleaned, I would sing a mantra of compassion. And I included the prayer, as I clean, may the eyes and hearts of all beings around me be clean and purified. Time would stop. It was a beautiful way to work. The simple physical tasks are the entry to learn to be with this world in a sacred manner. We can also be present to others by keeping them before us even when they're not with us, as American poet E.E. E. Cummings wrote, to carry them 
in our hearts. A Sufi teacher says, my main practice is stopping and listening to the heart. Even if I can't stand still, I stop inside. Step out of the drama, recognize the pain, the busyness, and being lost. I try to come back to my own heart before speaking. Then I include them in that space of heart. This makes a strong presence, a connection. Buddhist teacher and author Jack Kornfield writes, Hindus and Sufis teach that each act can be done for the beloved. Embodying mindfulness, we fold the laundry as if folding the robes of Jesus or Buddha. We prepare a meal not for ourselves, but for the Holy One. Every small act is held in the heart as well as the hands. One Dominican sister calls this incarnation theology. At the age of 60, she says, I've returned to the simple things I learned when I was young. If I'm grading papers, I pray for each student. Or if I find myself worrying about a patient, I'll say the rosary. Adoration, thanksgiving, supplication. This is what is given now. My life has become one of interconnectedness. The small epiphanies of each moment, well lived. It's either here and now, here and now, or we've missed it. It's easy, perhaps, to practice presence when it means letting the first ring of the telephone call to us to call us to attention, or remembering to give thanks before we eat. It's harder to be present to tragedy, to life and death. Vietnamese Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh taught this verse. Watching the evening news, I know it is my story. Breathing in, I hold us all in compassion. It's important that we seek our level with this. Thinking about easy and challenging reminds me of a piece I read by Jungian analyst Robert Johnson about his first trip to India many years ago. It's become a kind of koan for me, a puzzle for reflection, an extraordinary story of presence. Robert had been warned about the material poverty of big Indian cities, but no one, he said, could have prepared him for the immense, deep happiness of almost everyone he met. His experience was that the suffering and the sublime coexist in India. There's a ritual in the way that men make friends there. Robert writes, you edge up just beside someone and wait. If he consents to spending time with you and getting to know you, he won't go anywhere. He'll just stand there. And after what seems like a terribly long period of time, maybe you'll start talking with each other, and then you're friends for life. 
So in this way, Robert made some Indian friends, some wonderful friends. And then he got sick and ended up in what he was assured was the best hospital around. There was just one thermometer used to take all the patient's temperatures one after the other. And when Robert objected, he was assured, it's all right, we rinse it off in the tap. Somehow, he says, I survived. One friend named Amba Shankar came and slept under Robert's hospital bed at night. He insisted, and if he couldn't come, he'd designate someone else to be there, never leaving Robert alone. One day, when Robert's fever hit 104 degrees, Amba told him the story of Baba. Baba had a friend who was dying. He went to him and said, I want to die for you. I will die so that you may live. This is my wish. This is my friendship. This is how it is. The friend agreed. So Baba died and his friend lived. Robert writes, being told this story, which was like something out of the Arabian Nights, snapped me into focus. Sure enough, Amba said, you say the word and I will go die and then you'll be all right. I don't understand things like this. I was speechless, Robert Johnson concludes, but I managed to say, Amba, I don't think I'm that sick. Please don't do anything rash. I think we'll both pull through. And as it happens, we did. But Amba Shankar had offered me a precious gift, his life. Why is this story so powerful? It's a teaching tale about the power of presence. When we love someone so much that we're willing to take their place, even in suffering, even in death, how can they help but feel restored to joy, to life? How can we accompany our loved ones and strangers with so much presence, so much attention and devotion, that they are healed into life. One more turn of the kaleidoscope on the healing power of presence, the power of showing up. I've told you this story before. Late on a long ago summer night in Santa Fe, our friend Nula was driving home from dinner at our home. A young man test driving a motorcycle, no lights, no license, no helmet, crossed St. Francis Drive and slammed into the back of her van. The bike crumpled like a tin can. The EMT attending his deathly still body looked up at Nula and gave her the thumbs down. As they loaded him into the ambulance, his vital signs were crashing. That remains one of the most extraordinary nights of my life. A small group of us gathered in vigil, trying to hold Nula through the long darkness. 
We wept, we prayed. Hours passed in almost complete silence. The irony of the fact that Nula was pregnant with her first child, a son, was lost on no one. Reached at home, her lawyer advised her not to contact the young man under any circumstances. I called the hospital every hour to check on him. He was still alive. Nula is a spectacularly courageous and spectacularly stubborn woman. The long night's wait yielded a profound clarity and resolve in her. As the sun rose over the desert, she turned to me and said, I have to go to him. I didn't try to dissuade her. There wouldn't have been any point. On the way to the hospital, she insisted we stop and buy a spray of irises. From the hall, we could see that the young man's room was teeming with family and friends. He was lying in bed, his head bandaged, one side of his face raw with road rash. Without so much as a deep breath, Nula stepped through the door, flowers in hand. The room fell silent. I'm the one who was driving the van, she said, in a strong voice edged with sadness. I'm so sorry. Like Lazarus, the young man rose and threw back the sheet, swung his legs over the edge, stood and opened his arms to her. They embraced. He lived. Beloved spiritual companions, may we practice the beauty of seeing that secret beauty of others' hearts. Breathing in, may we hold us all in compassion. May we know the consecration of wholehearted presence. On this Valentine's Sunday, here is E.E. E. Cummings for you. I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart. I am never without it. Anywhere you go, I go, my dears. And whatever is done by only me is your doing, my darlings. I fear no fate, for you are my fate, dear ones. I want no world, for beautiful you are my world, my true. And it's you are whatever a moon has always meant and whatever a sun will always sing is you. Here is the deepest secret nobody knows. Here is the root of the root and the bud of the bud and the sky of the sky of a tree called life, which grows higher than soul can hope 
or mind can hide. This is the wonder that's keeping the stars apart. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I honor the divine in you. Adapted from Reverend Bill Schultz, this is the mission of our faith, to practice the fragile art of hospitality, to revere both the critical mind and the generous heart to celebrate our exquisite diversity and to answer the call to hold the whole world in our hands. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen. visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.